What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Entrust to Entrust podcast. It's Aiden here. I got my good friend all the way from, well, Arizona, but Chicago, Illinois, or North Carolina, depending on what time of year you see him right now. I got Carson in the podcast today. Let's go. Hello, everybody. Yeah, so pretty much we had about two hours of spare. We're like, what do you want to do? Mm, let's record a podcast. Let's do it. So here we are. That's kind of the background. That's the drill. The, we got the AC bumping in the back. Um, literally, as we were counting down to get started, all of a sudden you just hear this. And honestly, that's just because uh, we're not in control of the building. Um, there's a lot of other important stuff going on. And we're just kind of here in between everything. So we've got some awesome things to talk about today. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it could be said that uh, the things that we we're going to talk about today hopefully are um, very significant to everybody who's listening, and uh, we hope you really guys just tune your ears into what we have to say, and um, that we we pray before this that this would be what the Lord wants us to um, transfer through this podcast. Dude, as always, yeah. I mean, and just like to preface like every conversation that I think we have, you know, just the reality is we're people who are still just growing in the Lord, growing in our walks with God. We just have been so encouraged, and honestly, our lives have been changed by by Christ and by living for him and that's something we just want to share with y'all and i mean that's really just the heartbeat of entrust to entrust ironically i okay so quick quick side note quick side note yesterday i was asked if i remembered the theme verse and i spaced second timothy 2 2 that's that was like the heartbeat for this well Do you, you had the reference but i, I had the reference you didn't but have the, the exact like, <laughs> like i mean i have the gist too it's it's like the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to these men who will be able to teach, teach others also. Right. But there was something else at the beginning that I, I missed, but bottom line is that's the heartbeat. I just, I don't know why that came to my mind. And not that this <laughs> disqualifies us by any means. Oh no. Your age is not a measure of spiritual maturity, but we are like 20 and 21 respectively. So yeah, I'm um, 21. Oh, you no, no. No, you're not. Oh, <laughs> other way around. Aiden's 20. I'm 21. And so like, yeah, um, whatever we say, go search the scriptures, um, check us, and validate what we have to say. Because that's, that's the real source. So we want to use that a lot today in our conversation. Um, we're basically going to be talking about just the character of, of Christ, the character of Jesus, his heart, um, and also just how that, we're, we're going to barely scratch the surface of just how that is continuous throughout the Bible. Because Jesus, fully man, fully God, just the main point of, of God's redemption of this world just came through christ it's right. it's only through him and even um, more broadly the heart of the trinity the heart of god too. right the yeah. heart of god yeah so. um i just i don't know this is where we want to start off the convo you can always change it if you want but like i always think the first question or not the first the i've heard a question asked that i really like the what's the first word that you think of when you think of god Oh, the A.W. Tozer. Yeah. The I, most important thing that comes to mind most about a person, is, or the most important thing about a person is what comes to mind when, when he they thinks think of God. about God. Yes. Right. Um, that is a really good question. Um, do you want to, I mean, obviously there's, there's, I'll say like there's the right answers to it. There's things that align with what the Bible says. There's also a lot of answers. Like some people can have that a little skewed. Um, and I, I think it kind of just depends on where your maturity level is. So you want to just kind of, Use that as the starting point for today? Man, um, this takes me back to kind of when I got saved. Um, I was in a class at my Christian high school, and um, we were in a class called Christian Foundations, and I was like, thought I was already a Christian, so I was like, I don't need this class. I already got the content. <laughs> I already got the content. I knew the gospel narrative. Um, 
guess I had it kind of skewed of what it actually meant for my life and the kind of magnitude uh, that it held, the weightiness that it um, presented. Uh, but that class, we walked through different attributes of God each week, a different one. So one week we'd talk about the holiness of God. One week we would talk about um, the love of God. One week we'd talk about the jealousy of God, you know, things like that. And <laughs> I guess every time when I thought about God that entire semester we were going through different passages old and new testament but the kind of passage that I couldn't escape my mind was how powerful God was when he like flooded the earth or like destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah right things like that like I just saw this very powerful God and then I combined that with this loving image of God on the cross and I think when it clicked for me when it was when I realized that, that was the same person right um or I guess if you want to get really technical two different distinct persons but one being Right. right. So, and then the Holy Spirit's in there too. So, three persons, one being. Right. So, right. Um, yeah. That's, I, for me, myself, I, that's what I kind of think about when I think about God to this day is like, it's been that way since I've been saved. Um, obviously, when I'm singing worship songs uh, in church, like, there are other lyrics that prompt me to think um, about other aspects of God, but that's kind of what usually comes to my mind. So, yeah. I think the, it really is cool just to see like God's might and God's power combined with his mercy. And I think Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews puts it so well. It's like Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Like from the start, God has always, you know, been the same. And he's been the same in the most, I think sometimes I can feel weight in that word. That like some when something is the same, sometimes you can be like, oh, it's just the same. Like this is just the same. It hasn't changed. It's not any better. But like that's not what it means concerning God, like God being the same throughout time, throughout history is amazing because he is holy and perfect and untainted and powerful just beyond measure. And he has been at that amazing level, that level of perfection and that level of love that he has for us throughout all of history. And that's really cool. Yeah. I, I think one thing that, um, I wrestled with for a long time growing up and, uh, like in the church and even just talking to people that are my age that aren't necessarily Christians but have f- been familiarized with the Old Testament um, and a little bit of the New Testament, like the Gospel, um, but haven't really come to terms with accepting it, is they kind of seem to see turned the character of God into a dichotomy based off of the Old and New Testament narratives. They see right. the Old Testament God as this like angry, um, short-tempered being who's ready to, you know, make a sinkhole at a moment's notice to swallow up a city or an army. And then there's like another, on the other hand, in the New Testament, you have the affectionate, loving Jesus who kind of is depicted like a teddy bear. And so like, it's like, how are we, So like they they get confused. Like, how are we supposed to reconcile that if you're telling me that's the same being, you know? Quick, quick side note for the the listeners and myself included, because I'm a man of small words, dichotomy. Quick, quick oh, definition. it's just like an either or. It's right, a dichotomy right. Okay. is like it's, it's this or I, that, this or that. God, like almost saying like, oh, God in the Old Testament was only just concerned about wrath and bring judgment, and that's not the same New Testament. Yeah, right. So, like, I think one thing that we would serve us well is to kind of unpack that and maybe wrestle with it. Yeah. on the podcast. I mean, <laughs> to some extent. I mean, I, I just what we said at the beginning. Like, we're only going to scratch the surface. Um, and I think Agreed. more than anything. I feel like how this would just best be done is just giving you guys just things to think about and things to go like look at yourself. 
um, going from here. I think a verse that really just prompts this topic that we chose in general, um, and you hear it a, a lot around our, our circle, is Matthew eleven twenty eight and 29. This is Jesus talking, describing himself, um, saying, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So, I mean, yeah, the New Testament, obviously, it's it's very easy to find examples like this. I just feel like it's really cool. Um, I've just heard it described um, that, like, Jesus, it, it's just really interesting to see Jesus describing himself and he, how he describes himself is gentle and humble in heart. Like, this is God talking to us and he's saying, this is who I am. I am gentle and humble. I desire you to come to me. And I think this verse, along with many others, as we kind of do this deep dive, we're going to see that that has always been God's heart um, just throughout this. So I guess I'll put the ball in your court. We'll kind of I'll just go back maybe and forth. Maybe not a deep dive. We're not doing a deep dive, but like uh, a pseudo deep dive maybe. Yes. <laughs> um, where, I, where do you want to go? I think, well, I, I love you bringing up that passage. I think it's really, whenever God talks about himself, like that's, the, the moment it's very w- significant. That's the moment where we like open our ears. Like your ears are open. You are ready to listen. Like, you know, because um, especially Jesus, like this is the incarnate God. Like this is right. God on earth describing himself to people as a person. Kind of cool. And so I think this is a particular instance where we should really note this. And um, one thing that I kind of want to note is like, like you were saying, God is gentle and humble or other translations say lowly Mm -hmm. at heart um and then at the end he says my yoke is easy and my burden is light a lot of people read that and they say okay there's gonna be like minimal burden right that and then i think there's like this shortcut that our brain has where we like just dismiss it all together like oh it's it seems like god is making this insignificant but the fact that he brought it up is significant and it means that there is going to be a yoke upon us god has like in Romans where Paul talks about we are not slaves to sin no more, but we are slaves to righteousness. Right. He uses the same word, slave, um, which has a negative connotation in our society today, but right. had a much different one when he was writing it exactly. at the time. And and it almost means like we are a, a bond servant. We are a servant of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I think when you read the Bible, you'll see that God, one of God's deepest desires is to make himself known to mankind um, in order that he may love us and that we may love him um, through obedience and service um, as he does so every day through his mercy to us. So Right, and Jesus is such a big part of that. Paul describes like in your relationships with one another and to write into the Philippians, and I think it's Philippians 2, 5, and 6 says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ, who was in the very nature God, right? Jesus, fully God, fully man. He came to earth and humbled himself by being obedient to death, even death on the cross. Paul, Paul's describing that, and you can see it in the Gospels as well. That just like in itself shows that God desires to be with us. God is delighting in his creation, right? Why do we even have scripture? Because God wants us to know him, right? We are entering, when we accept Jesus, when we realize that our sins are, this world is fallen and broken and we're far off from him. When we realize that he, God, made a way for us to be back right with him, 
that's just, I mean, that's, that's who he is. God w- desires us so much that he didn't even spare his only son for us to be with him. And I, I think sometimes we can look at the Old Testament and the New Testament, see, or, or just think, even just living outside the context of scripture, thinking that God is somehow angry with us, right? Because the reality is we do sin and we do mess up, right? And God does not like sin. God is light. There is no darkness within him and he has not made us to sin. So when we sin, when we do things that are wrong, our body, we, we realize that these things are wrong and we can think that God doesn't have this love for us because we have broken what he has originally made. But then when you just look and see who Jesus is, what he stood for, and the fact that he wants us to come to him, and the fact that he went and died on the cross to bring us to him, you, that's when it, it's got to like, you got to have that shift to realize that God likes you. Amen. Like, I think I kind of got to just like jump on that real quick because um, when you told me today that we we're going to talk about the heart of God, um, I've been personally in my devotionals lately be reading through Leviticus. I just started, so I'm like literally a couple chapters in. But Woo! there's a brilliant podcast by The Bible Project, um, shameless plug. Tim Mackey um, walks through the first seven chapters of Levit- Leviticus. Um, it, it came out very recently, um, as in like June 2020. And um, he kind of walks through like, if you read the first seven chapters of Leviticus, it's just like outlines for offerings. So if you had no familiarity with the context, it'd be really hard to kind of derive the application or like what I should take away from this passage otherwise. And he makes it really cool. Um, And so he notes that like um, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers were all written to be read back to back. There are three different scrolls. But there's continuity between the three uh, texts. Mm-hmm. And so when you're done reading Exodus, you should just jump right into Leviticus because that's immediately what follows chronologically after. Um, and if you read the last chapter of Exodus, God cannot dwell among the people. Moses cannot enter the tent um, because of the calf. They had made the golden calf. And mm-hmm. so the, the people are tainted. And so then God's response in Leviticus is to outline a bunch of means by which they can present offerings to him to make things right. And one person may read that and say, like, why does God require this of us? Why all these rules? Why all these laws? Why? Yeah. Like, I feel like God is on my back about this. Why does God? It almost seems, you know, demanding. But that very question is kind of presupposing that you are righteous. And at this current state, Israel had a big uh uh-oh. They done messed up. Idolatry. They (laughs) decided to worship another god. Mm -hmm. They created a makeshift golden calf, and they decided to worship it. Even though, like, on top of Mount Sinai, like, right there, God is, like, in a storm cloud talking to Moses. Like, Mm -hmm. um. Even after all of that, God gives them a way to be made right with him. You know, like mm-hmm. all these offerings are to purify and symbolize um, a purification of Israel and everything in it, um, which in of itself 
lends to the idea that God does not want to reject Israel. God wants to restore the relationship right then and there. Like, yeah. Like, and it, it's not like he waited to like 2000 years to do this. He did this right then and there. Um, and then 2000 years later, we still have Jesus who right. was the sacrifice once and for all mankind. Right. Right. And I, wanna, I think I want to connect a couple of the dots in there. Do that. Unless, yeah. unless you have more to say. No um, piggyback. I love it. So, I've been reading through Exodus, and, and I love that you said Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers should be read in continuity because you've already given me what I'm going to read next. Um, but Let's go. just reading Exodus and seeing um, the people that God made a promise to, right? He made a promise to Abraham that, that he would basically make his descendants as numerous as the stars. And, and in that, God himself was going to show his glory. And, and even further back from that, basically— all the way back to, uh, no biblical scholar, but like all the way back to like the garden, right? From the beginning, when Adam and Eve first sinned. Then and there, I think it's Genesis 3, 15, God, God says to the serpent who, who tempted them and, and they're all there, God's saying, look, I'm going to crush your head and strike your heel. Like I'm going to raise someone up. Like from that moment, like even before the beginning of creation, like God had a redemption plan to bring us back to him and seeing that even played out with the Israelites when they at the beginning of Exodus they're in captivity in Egypt and they are crying out to God God hears them and God doesn't want to leave them where they're at because God wants to show his power among them and also because he so genuinely cares about them I think honestly my biggest my biggest encouragement with this is go read through some of these Old Testament books with the lens of recognizing that God is the same all the way throughout and and see his heart see his character because i think sometimes when we read scripture we can just read and think how how can this apply to me how can this apply to me how can this apply to me how can i change my life um which it does which is very important good questions to ask but another one you should be asking is what is this saying about god god is literally telling me who he is right here and what is this saying about him and i think time and time again in exodus you see that that god had a heart to uh, restore his people, just time and time again. And I, th- I love what you were saying, even that with the law, even as they continue to mess up, God continued to say, hey, here is, here's how you can, you can stay with me. I'm not going to leave you. I'm faithful. And you, you go all the way up through David, through all the kings, even as Israel rebelled, like you continue to see that. And all along the, that way, there, there's prophecies of a coming Messiah who will redeem it once and for all. And seeing that Jesus died at the most right time when news was able to travel well, and when, I'm kind of losing the thought here, but like just seeing that God's timing was perfect in that to bring about that full redemption. Dude, you're firing me up right now. I'm, I'm serious. This is awesome. Yeah. I don't really know how to build off that, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You can change uh, change directions if you want. I just thought I would kind of like just connect the dots a little with that. I guess the biggest thing I wanted to point out with referencing Leviticus was, to me, I've always read that and I've always asked myself, I don't know why I, I need to read this as a Christian. Don't cook a goat in its mother's milk. Yeah, like all these obscure right. um, <laughs> laws. Well, that's a whole other thing. Right, right, There's yeah, different yeah. kinds yes. of law. You can <laughs> get into the different types of law and why there's like why we as Christians should read them or shouldn't like follow them or should follow them or whatever. And all the nuance of that that's complicated, that's beyond the scope of this particular podcast episode. But I went to Leviticus 1 through 7 because mm-hmm. the book of Leviticus has three parts, and that's the first part. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly just to like, 
point to the reality like God wants to be with us. He wants to be with his people. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason that we, us, can be a part of his people is because Christ's sacrifice on the cross and him be- grafting us into the family of God, the people of God. Now we are Christians amongst um, the nation of Israel, which is now not just an ethnic people, but right. a people group. For, for everyone. For everyone. Available to everybody. Um, contingent I think, on I think another cool thing, I do just want to like add going through the Old Testament. Like, Even though the Israelites were God's chosen people, I think time and time again, you see throughout the Old Testament that there were others outside the nation of Israel who worshiped the Lord. Yes. Right? I mean, it, it, there's tons of obviously, examples. Obviously, Israelites are God's chosen people. Dude, but Rahab. Right. Exactly. I mean, there's tons of examples. I mean, even the, there was a queen that visited Solomon just because she saw how God was <laughs> working in Israel. People, yeah. right? And she's like, this is something that I want to be a part of. And I mean, parallels to just living as a Christian. Like, we want to show that difference, show that we serve a God who loves us, the the one true God who desires to be with us, even when our hearts might be far off, even when we struggle through sin. So, Aiden. 21 minutes. We got a couple more. Is God mad at me? No. Is God frustrated with me? I'd say no. Does God is the is the God that I read in the Old Testament the same as the God I read in the New Testament? Yeah, dude, I think those are the things that we're kind of trying to extra- extrapolate on. I don't know why right. I asked this question. No, I'm those just are trying good. To like, um, could I could I build off that? Yeah, because obviously I I want to make it clear that God does not tolerate sin. Yes, right. Like I I want to. There's two things just we're really trying to emphasize in this podcast. Like God so desires to be with us. I think that is the one thing that if you're listening to this, we really want you to take away or and just to go and look at scripture and see how that is true beyond our feeble words. Um, but with that, he, he doesn't tolerate sin. He doesn't want to just leave us where we're at and leave us sitting in things that he knows are wrong for us, right? That's why we have Christ because he washes us clean so we can live and operate the way that God intended us to be. Galatians 5.1, it's for freedom that we have been set free. Another one that's really good is Hebrews 4. Uh, Hebrews 4 in general um, is really good. I, I feel like at this point we've already talked about this here. Um, thumbing through, I can't exactly find it. Um, but like 14 through 16 says, we do not have a high priest. And when he says that, he's referring to Christ. He makes the argument early that Jesus is the high priest, the ultimate sacrifice. He is worthy to do what he did, right? But he says, we don't have a high priest who's unable to empathize with us in our weakness, but one who is, right? Jesus came and lived this life and lived it fully and did not sin, not so that he's just on this level way up top, right? Remember, he wants us to come to him and lay our burdens down because he cares about us, Mm -hmm. because he wants to give us rest. He gives us access to God as a mediator between God and man. He's an advocate for our sins, And with that, he was tempted in every way, but he did not sin. So whenever you're struggling with anything, the reason that we have Christ as our Lord and Savior is because he is the only one who's capable to help us through that. No one else is other than the resurrection power that Jesus has. So not even my pastor can help me do that. If he's pointing you to the truth, to God's word. Yeah. 
Yes. yes. I guess my but, point but ultimately, that was like, he, ultimately he is, it is Christ. He is, it is Christ. And obviously they like they are not the one who saves you, who who can rescue you from that ultimately. Like the Holy Spirit works through the body of believers. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Um, but but we, the credit, the true credit goes to, to God, to, to the, Christ. Yeah. Um, and I, I just think that's just really powerful because sometimes you can think and get into this trap that, okay, God, you're on either side of the fence, right? God hates me, is so angry with me. You got to come to scripture and realize God likes you. God loves you. He gave his only son to be with you. He gave his word so we can know exactly who he is and what pleases him, how we are meant to live, right? Dig into that. Or you're on the other side where you're thinking, I'm good just where I'm at, right? That is a very slippery slope to be at. Very dangerous ground. Because if there is sin in your life, God does not like sin. He does not tolerate sin because he is perfect. And he did not, he can't possibly sin. He can't possibly mess up his own creation. Um, But with that, he has given you a way to get free from that. And you got to get back to Christ. So... I love the things that we've talked about today. I think it's we're starting been a to get lot. A, yeah, I think we're <laughs> also starting to get a little bit redundant too. So let's totally try to wrap this up in like yes. three or a couple, maybe not three, but points. So just like let's list some bullets. Like right, right, right. What? Let's sum this up for the people. Like just r- r- jog everyone's memory. I'll take point one. God likes you. <laughs> like I've just breathe that in. Jesus loves you. That is the gospel. Point number two, building off of point number one. God likes you enough to desperately want to be with you and have a relationship with you. Um, it isn't just a like from afar. Like, oh, I like listening to this artist or like, oh, I like, you know, knowing about this person mm-hmm. in their life. It's no, I want a deep, intimate, personal relationship and I want to be with you. Mm-hmm. Point three. Oh, man. Following Jesus will not leave you where you're at. Sanctification question mark? More or less. Yeah, right? that's what you're getting As at. As the right. Holy Spirit works in your life, he's going to change things. But in parentheses, I'd say see points one and two because in that process, and I think honestly this is something I just also want to be taking hold of in my own life, God wants to walk with us through it. Like point three is point three for a reason. <laughs> it's after <laughs> realizing God likes you. And God intimately wants to be with you. And you need to realize that he's not going to leave you where you're at. And then for the probably final bullet point. Four points. Bonus. Bonus points. Extra time. Um, there is continuity and evidence of these three points across the board in Scripture. Old Testament, New Testament. Check it out. This dichotomy that everyone speaks of is a false dichotomy. Jesus um, Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So... Um. Yeah, that's about yeah. all the bullet points we Sweet. got. Sweet. That was a uh, exciting, spont- one of the more spontaneous ones we've done. I think. I think it was fun. Yeah. And usually, Aiden has a list of questions <laughs> before each episode. We just kind of said, time we you just know what? Like, yep. Let's, let's do hit it. play, and we're gonna see where we go. I mean, the hope really is just you guys would care to just dive more deeply into your own personal walks with the Lord than to care about what we say at all. Go check out the Word. Go read God's Word and see that He likes you. Do all it. Right. Peace out, y'all.